0: I'm a nerd
2: and uh, I'm pretty proud of it.
1: and shine, nerds.
2: Welcome to episode 407 of the Back Row Morning Show, part of the Love Thy Nerd Podcast Network and the official exclusive morning show for LTN Radio. I'm Radio Matt, the station manager and chief radio nerd. I'm 18 years saved, 16 years married, 11 years recovered, 7 years a father, and 36 years a nerd.
1: And I'm Mo. A lot of things wrapped up in one small but loud package. Your very own casserole of a co-host doing my best to bring the best. But one thing I'm not is good at math.
2: Today on the show... Is it okay to question authority?
1: Also on the show today, we're offending, are we? Are we offending the extraterrestrials?
2: (laughs) But first, today is Monday, October 18th, 2021, and we got some holidays to celebrate. That's
1: right. It's National Chocolate Cupcake Day. Yes. Not Funfetti cupcakes, not lemon cupcakes, just the chocolate cupcakes.
2: That's the one. Yep. I mean, I prefer the lemon cupcakes, but- Chocolate cupcakes are a close second. Okay.
1: And it's also National No Beard Day.
2: Um, <laughs> no. Somebody, I don't remember who. Uh, no. Somebody in my chat on Tuesday night for Among Us said that I should have a redeemable to where if they raise enough points, sh- they, I'd shave my beard. And I told them absolutely not.
1: No. That will never happen Mm-mm. again.
2: I will yeah. never fully shave my beard off ever again. I say that. If someone offered me the right price, I might. But.
1: One dollar. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> How's your week been, Mo? Um,
2: Seems like such a short amount of time since we've done this last because it was it like three been. weeks before. It
1: has been. Okay, you know what? My week has been pretty good. However, can I like just um, vent for half a second here?
2: Have I ever stopped you? No. <laughs> we could call this segment Mo Vents, essentially.
1: Mo Vents. That is, because you Because know,
2: that's, what, that's what Monday first thing tends to become.
1: Yeah. <laughs> you are kind of right. Uh, so before I get into the vent, I went and saw Nelly in concert.
2: I saw that. Yeah. Uh,
1: yeah. It was pretty awesome. It was Nelly, uh, Blanco Brown. He does the get up. <sighs> <laughs> grab your loved one, grab your love partner, and follow after me, going to the do step and the cowboy. Grab, bully, grab your, your sweetheart love and spin makes me around.
2: uncomfortable. <laughs> grab your love partner. That feels weird.
1: He so Blanca <laughs> Brown was actually really cool. He is a Christian. Uh One of those weird, like he's a Christian artist, but he's not a Christian artist, Uh you know? Okay. So he sings secular music, but he's a Christian, but he's, he very much used his time on stage to spread the word. It was amazing. And after like after every song, he just kind of did a short little preachy preach and every time i was like preach it's sunday cuz it was we went on a sunday evening <laughs> to the concert anyway forget it okay <laughs> i guess you had to be there um,
2: you're not giving me you're not giving me details you're giving me generics so i'm waiting for like something specific that he said that i don't was preaching, remember
1: preaching. i don't remember <laughs> i don't remember specifics i have slept since then it's been a minute
2: there okay
1: Anyway, but seeing him in concert was actually really good.
2: And is, then you said his name is Blanco Brown. Blanco Brown, as mm-hmm. in w- white brown.
1: Exactly. Yes. <laughs> um, and then let's see. Oh, I don't remember her name. I don't remember. It was a girl from American Idol. She was there. She did a couple songs. And then a guy, Joe Barone, which he apparently. Barone. What? Joe.
2: Toll Barone,
1: Joe Barone, my
2: favorite candy bar.
1: Okay, um, see, and I just thought maybe he was like the younger, less known brother of Ray. Ramon. No, Barone. Barone. Yeah, everybody loves Raymond.
2: Oh, the fake, the fake, the fake name yeah. of the character. I'm thinking Romano. That's his real name.
1: Okay. Anyway, so it was all really good. Okay. Except for the girl looked like she was in a Dallas Cowboys cheerleader uniform the whole time she was performing. Gotcha. But anyway, uh, the concert was great. Now here's my venting. Okay. So at our school, during lunch, we do like this challenge that we have three separate lunches.
2: <laughs> Sorry. Your son. A girl from American Idol. Do you have any idea how little that narrows it down? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Sorry. Anyway, um, we have three separate lunches. The first lunch is kindergarten and first grade. The second lunch is second grade and third grade. And then the third lunch is fourth grade and fifth grade. Got it. Okay. Um, and we've been doing this competition between all the grades in each lunch as to who can be the top dog because we're the Highland Scotties. Okay. Gotcha. All right. And so things that you have to do in order to be the top dog, you know, you have to, be in line properly. You have to clear your tray correctly. You have to line up correctly. You have to keep your volume to a minimum in the cafeteria. There is no like getting up out of your seat and running around and being crazy while in the cafeteria. You know, just all around wise cafeteria rules. Okay. So each table has a coach and it's a specials teacher. Okay, so our music teacher has a table. I have a teach I have a table and our PE coach has a table and then an EA teacher a fourth EA. Okay. Is in there with a table. So, myself and the PE coach have really trained our classes. Like We walk in. We are walking through the hallway. We're doing peace and quiet in the hallway. You know, they're a perfectly straight, nice, beautiful line through the hallway. They're standing in line waiting for their trays nicely. They're not messing with things. They're not pulling on papers that are on the walls. They're not throwing themselves against the mats that are up against the wall. Uh Right? When they get their tray, they tell the lunch ladies, thank you. Okay? Tuesday... My class got one point (laughs) out of four. One point. The coach, his class got two points. So we're livid. Like, hold up, wait a minute. Why are our classes that are clearly the best, clearly the best? When the principal and the assistant principal comes in to the cafeteria, we're the two classes that always get the compliments. Always, hands down. So the coach and I are talking this over, trying to figure out what, what's happening, yeah. what's going on. So he goes to the principal and asks, hey, so why did Miss Megan's class and I only get one and two points? What, what's the deal with that? Oh, well, I'm not giving points. Okay, well, who's giving points, he says. The music teacher and the other EA. What? W- what? So the other two teachers that are in the cafeteria with classes are the ones giving points, and they gave their table the most points? Oh, we were done. We were done. So the coach and I look at each other and we're like, you know what? Forget this. We're not getting onto our classes anymore. Because we are the ones always walking up and down our table. All right, guys, shh. Bring the volume down. Listen to how loud that table's being. Let's see if we can be quieter, to the, quieter than them. Shh, bring them. I'm, so who stood in wow. front of their tables today with their arms crossed like this? <laughs> the whole time. But whose tables were still the quietest? Uh-huh. Still lined up the best? Still the neatest during lunch? Oh, the coach was like, listen, if they want to do a particip- participatory trophy for every class, fine, cool, I get that. I'm here for it
2: totally rigged. Yeah! That's ridiculous.
1: Yeah! And then you've got these kids that are not stupid that are like, Miss Megan, they're being so loud. How did they get three points? I don't know. I don't know how they got three points. Why don't you go ask Miss Benfield how they got three points? You take it straight to the principal.
0: (laughs) We need an audit! (laughs)
2: Oh my goodness gracious. I,
1: I wish that I, I don't know. It would be fun to like go back and review the tapes and see just how you could tell that Coach and I were livid today. And we just stood there just looking at everybody like, mm-hmm. What
2: forget this? Forget this. Mm-hmm. That's hilarious. <laughs> I mean it's terrible, but hilarious. it
1: was so frustrating. Yeah. Ugh. <sighs> anyway. <laughs> there, Mo Vents.
2: My vent is uh I'm old. Uh-huh. I have uh, thrown my back out, not fully, not like the full throw, not like the you can't get up off the the couch for several days, but darn near close, darn near close. Just just bad enough where I walk like a hunchback consistently, because I can't put full pressure on my back to stand up straight.
1: Can I call you quasi?
2: I would appreciate it if you did not. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, yeah, that's that's where I'm at. No story involved, just just, just old thirty six. And uh, on top of that, my ankle has been trying to decide on whether or not it's sprained. Like all day yesterday, I could barely walk on it. Today, most of the day, it's been fine. Then this afternoon, it's like, nah, I'm I'm still gonna hurt. I thought I was done hurting, but I think I'm still gonna hurt. And so that's fun too it's just like I'm like two weeks past turning 36 and that was the limit apparently that's that's how far I get to go
1: hmm
2: before my body just starts to to crumble to pieces yeah so that's where mm-hmm. I'm at yeah <laughs> I've had ice I've been alternating ice packs and and heat pads taking ibuprofen and uh, little help little help we'll see. We'll see. A wheelchair. (laughs) Toffee in our Twitch chat said he'll give me a wheelchair for Christmas. Thank you, Toffee.
1: Where's that money coming from?
2: Mo Mo will have to push me up the stairs to get to our studio here every week. But she can do it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. She's strong.
1: I'll get my workout in, that's for sure. All right,
2: we're going to take a break right here. When we come back, be nice to aliens.
1: Stick around.
0: I'm Mark Davis from The Thoughtful Gamer, and this is Reviews of the Nerds. Here's one you probably haven't heard of. Battle for Biturnia is from a small publisher and seemingly slipped through the cracks back in 2018. This is a tragedy, as Chris Falkenberry's design is one of the smartest I've played this year. Biturnia is a board game inspired by the MOBA genre of video games, think League of Legends or Dota, and it does a remarkable job of simulating the steep highs and lows of those games. The core is the same. Two teams of colorful heroes battle to try to destroy each other's bases. Usually, however, they're skirmishing at certain choke points on the map. A lot has been simplified in Baternia's cardboard interpretation. Minions are gone, replaced by a simple farming action. Leveling and equipment is reduced to a four-card deck for each of the game's 19 heroes. The map is compressed significantly, and the idea of jungling is relegated to an optional variant rule. Such abstractions chisel away at many of the features of MOBA games people love, but when the dust clears, what remains feels like the distilled essence of the genre. Instead of being slogged down by the minutiae of board game bookkeeping, Vaternia jumps right into the action. You'll be fighting and possibly killing enemy heroes on the very first turn. The card-based gameplay is brisk yet complex, full of feints and gambits and moments of pure thrill. Each of the heroes has a fully-realized identity. Battle for Baternia maintains MOBA's rich-get-richer tendencies, making it very difficult to catch up after an early setback. This, along with the straightforward component production, might cause some to look for flashier fare. But you shouldn't be fooled. Paternia has more depth in its humble box than any number of Kickstarter behemoths. I give Battle for Paternia an 8 out of 10. I'm Mark, and you can find more board game reviews and information at thethoughtfulgamer.com. Welcome
2: back to the Back Morning Show. I'm Radio Matt. And oh. I'm Mo. Thank you for that resubscription there, Silver. <laughs> Interrupted your intro. And I'm Mo. <laughs> and we've changed some things up for uh, this new season, including what we record live on Twitch. Each week we record our shows the Friday or Saturday before with our friends on Twitch. Follow us on twitch.tv LTN on air to be notified when we go live and join our Discord at backroaddiscord.com for after the show discussion and even opportunities to be on the show yourself. Before we go any further, I my life. <laughs> Before we go any further, it's time for most fact of the day.
1: The average beard, 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 men's facial hair. The average beard grows five and a half inches in a year and is made up of 30,000 whiskers. If the average man never trimmed his beard, he would have a 27 and a half foot beard by his death.
2: 27 and a half feet. Yep. Yep. Doesn't seem like long enough for an entire life.
1: Well, I mean, you got to consider.
2: Then again, I can't really picture how long that is. Twenty-seven and a half feet. No, that's quite long. Okay, I can that's accept that. That's quite long. I can accept that. I can accept that as truth.
1: <laughs> oh uh, yeah, but now it's now it's over now to it's our weird learner. weird news desk.
2: <laughs> now it's your line that you're doing. It's don't
0: my learn.
1: <laughs> good grief! Uh, it's good my grapes. learn.
2: <laughs> Good grapes. Uh-huh. Alright guys, we got some weird news, stories that you might not have heard. The first one, it's not so much weird news. It's more just if you want to know how slow the news news days are here in New Mexico. I saw this and I thought, is this a really is this really a news story we're reporting on? Actor Alec Baldwin posts about the Albuquerque Sunport on Instagram. Albuquerque Sunport is the big airline in our state, airport in Albuquerque, and it's about the bathroom. He posted a picture of a bathroom in an airport and said, look how clean it is. And we wrote a story about it, and we reported it on the KOB4 nightly news. It was a big deal big Hollywood celebrity liked a single bathroom in an airport in New Mexico. Welcome to New Mexico. Yep. Anyway, he did, know, s- he did say it was the cleanest bathroom he's ever seen.
1: I wanted to say something along the lines of that's because like we don't have anything else happening or we don't have any other news or Albuquerque doesn't have things going on. But here's what it really is. Albuquerque doesn't have other good things happening. <laughs> <laughs> or other good things going on.
2: That's true. It's, yeah. um
1: They had to form a positive story out of something.
2: <laughs> we lived there for a very brief period of time, uh, about three years of our marriage. And, uh, like, immediately after we left, the place got overrun with, uh, like, People breaking into cars, people stealing cars, uh, porch pirates going there and taking all kinds of uh, packages off uh, people's porches, just thieving buccaneers all over the place. Is that
1: what porch pirates do?
2: <laughs> and uh, seriously, the the crime rate just skyrocketed through the place, and I went to Albuquerque one time to stay overnight since then, and that was to give my testimony at a, at a CR. And my car was broken into in the hotel parking lot. And they stole my... Uh, I, bought, I bought shorts. I bought shorts from from uh, Casual Mail XL or whatever up there. They took my shorts. It's like they were mad that they broke in I didn't have anything valuable in there. Like, fine, I'm going to take his dang shorts. So he has to walk around in dirty pants. Tomorrow. So that's what happened.
1: Guess you'll take your shorts up to the hotel room <laughs> next time, huh?
2: Right? I ain't going to leave my shorts <laughs> anymore.
1: Don't leave your shorts <laughs> behind and they can't steal your shorts.
2: <laughs> All right. Here's the real news story here.
1: Uh, Mayor? Mayor?
2: <laughs> The Raiders have installed a 275-foot video board on the side of their stadium, so fans can watch football while they're driving on the highway. Of course, they do. Now you can't really see this, but Mo can see this. Look at that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Giant. Because a, Las Vegas
1: doesn't have enough things that to look at as they're driving right down the highway.
2: It's like half the size of the stadium, literally. <laughs> On the highway.
1: I feel like this is such a (laughs) uh, a safety hazard.
2: So bad, yes. Because they're not, it's not like they're... (laughs) It's not like a billboard where it's just a static image, or you know, maybe a little bit of a road, like a an, almost an animated GIF kind of thing. Is what's going on with any actual? This is the best plays of the most recent game that they're airing. Things that every football fan will want to watch mm-hmm. while they're driving in this five lane highway. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and on top of that, they are the newest football team. Yeah. And so they've got all these people that are, like, still so stoked about having a football team in their city. <laughs> That, yeah, everybody's going to be eyes on the screen. What's happening? What's happening during the game? Oh, I can't believe I'm driving. I'm on the road during the game. Oh, no big deal now.
2: I will say, I will say it's pretty impressive because you can see it's like a mesh. It's like a mesh video board Yeah. that you can still see like the sky through and stuff. Uh, when the TV thing is not on, but you turn it on and it looks like it's just a giant HD TV. Yeah, like that's some pretty impressive technology. I will, yeah,
1: absolutely. It is impressive. You it know. is really cool to look at. It is a huge safety hazard. <laughs> I'm just saying.
2: All right, and lastly, Demi Lovato says that the term "aliens" is derogatory toward extraterrestrials. Okay. You want to hear the story? Here we go. Demi Lovato has a new idea about extraterrestrials. A 29-year-old singer has recently expanded into the docuseries territory with not only the tell-all dancing with the devil doc, but also peacocks unidentified with Demi Lovato. The four-part series follows Lovato's exploration of what may live beyond Earth, as well as their attempt to make contact with alien life. Spoiler alert. They don't. In a recent interview with pedestrian.tv, the singer said that there are a few things about how people see extraterrestrials that she'd like to change, including the terminology. I think you have to stop calling them aliens, because aliens is a derogatory term for anything. That's why I like to call them ETs. (laughs) ETs. The term aliens has been in a hot debate in recent years. As many has deemed it derogatory towards use of illegal immigrants, which I understand that perspective but this is what we've called aliens forever aliens <laughs> also
1: you know that that's no why that they it's even exist to those <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs>
2: Uh, furthermore, Lovato said that they're particularly irked by misconceptions that extraterrestrials are harmful or that they come and take over the planet. How many do you know, Demi Lovato? How she many kno- aliens? She knows I'm a sorry. lot. ETs have you met? She knows a lot. I need to know. <laughs> she said, I really think there's anything out there that would want to do that to us. It would have happened by now. Okay, well, I believe that if there were any out there that wanted to contact us at all, they would have done it by now. I don't understand. <laughs> Someone explained it to me. <laughs> there was a Doctor Who episode about um uh, it wasn't it wasn't that there was being that Aliens was termed a racist term. It was that you that we made a movie called Alien and it was a horror movie. And they said that was offensive <laughs> But it didn't say that alien wasn't the right word to use.
1: <laughs> I'm I'm just uh. saying that you know in First Peter chapter two, it calls us aliens, strangers in this world.
0: <laughs> so you can call me an
1: alien all day long.
2: Oh, all right. Let's take another quick break. When we come back, questioning authority.
0: Stick oh, I around. I read your
2: line. Sorry. I can't get these lines right. We here at Love Thy Nerd emphasize intentional community. Join our Facebook group by searching for Love Thy Nerd Community. And if you not only like us, but you like like us like us you should join our discord server at lovethynerd.com slash discord and jump in on some of our game night streams bottom line we want to hang out with you come join us welcome back to the back row morning show i'm radia Math.
1: and i'm mo and hey are you following us on all the socials we're on facebook twitter tiktok just search for at the back row ltn and connect with
2: us Last week, we briefly talked about Facebook and other social media becoming the deciders of what information was allowed to be shared online. We also talked about the government's role in that as well. Mm -hmm. Truth is, I cannot think of another time in my life where free speech and the free exchange of ideas was more despised. Yeah. Uh, But it's not just COVID that our government seems to get wonky on. We're also fighting over abortion again, which has been an ongoing fight since the beginning of abortion. Yeah. Uh, And now we've all heard that the Bible tells us to submit to authority and implies that that nobody is put in power that God doesn't choose. So the question kind of becomes, does that mean we aren't supposed to question those in authority over us? That's what we're going to focus on today. And uh, to kick off that discussion, I want to read an article um, from Focus on the Family. And it's a question and answer thing. And the question is, why should I submit to a government that I believe is moving in the wrong direction? I love my country and want to cooperate with the political system, but I'm struggling to understand what the Bible says on this subject. How in the world can the Apostle Paul tell Christian to submit to the authorities in Romans 13, one through 7, when we know for a fact that many human governments are corrupt and unjust? What should a believer do when he feels that his own government is, quote unquote, ungodly? And so this was the response that they got in the article. I'm going to read through the whole thing real quick, and then we'll kind of talk about it. Okay. The answer was, the Bible does not command Christians to submit to governing authorities. I'm sorry. It does, in fact. I said does not. Uh, does, in fact, (laughs) command Christians to submit to the governing authorities in Romans 13.1 and to pray for kings and all who are in authority that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and reverence in 1 Timothy 2.2. Those words, even more striking... Uh, when we realize that Paul pinned them during the reigns of the Roman emperors Nero and Caligula, two of the worst tyrants known to history. The point is clear. As long as we can do so without denying Christ or compromising our faith, 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 we must always strive to cooperate with the ruling powers. That doesn't necessarily mean that we will endorse all of their policies or approve of every specific action they take. This is especially true in a democratic society where it is the duty of responsible citizens to examine public servants with a discerning and critical eye. Nevertheless, Christians are responsible to uphold biblical righteousness in a hostile culture while also expressing respect for its leadership. The Westminster Confession of Faith provides us with some valuable insight into the problem. In chapter three, section one, uh, the f- the framers of this document write the following, God from all inter- eternity did by the most wise and holy counsel of his own will freely and unchangeably ordain whatsoever comes to pass yet. So as thereby neither is God, the author of sin, nor is violence offered to the will of the centru- uh, the creatures, Nor is the liberty or contingency of second causes taken away, but rather established. So what do those words mean? It means that God is sovereign over human events, but at the same time, he gives people the freedom to make their own choices and go their own way. In other words, no one can become a king, emperor, governor, president, assemblyman, or senator apart from God's will. But that doesn't mean that possession of a political power amounts to a stamp of approval from God. That's where the will of the creatures and the liberty and contingency of the whole host Uh, of secondary causes comes into play. After all, the Bible calls King Nebuchadnezzar, God's servant in Jeremiah 25, nine. This obviously does not imply that Nebuchadnezzar was a godly man, because he wasn't. The long and short of it then, is that God is always in charge. We may not trust the governing authorities, but we have to trust him. Under normal circumstances, we can demonstrate that trust by cooperating with the state, paying our taxes, participating in the system, or staying out of trouble. But this doesn't mean that we should be blind. We can never forget that the power of the human rulers is subject to a higher power. It's contingent upon the absolute sovereignty of God. Should a situation arise in which these two authorities come into clear conflict with one another, Christians have to obey God rather than men. Acts 5.29 But we can hope that situations of this nature will be few and far between. Yeah, this this was written in. Where's the date? 2012. Okay. okay. Way before Can the you, pandemic. Do you remember <laughs> what life was like in 2012?
1: That was my first year living in New Mexico.
2: That's such a long time ago now. Yeah. Uh, so, correct me if I'm wrong. Was 2012 when? It wasn't when Barack Obama was elected. It was uh, his second term, wasn't it?
1: Second term. Second yeah. term. It was 2008 that he was elected.
2: I mean, I remember Barack Obama being in, in the White House and not everybody being happy about it, but compared to the terms of the last two presidents, I feel like those were the good times for peace in this country. <laughs> people got along a little bit better back in the bush and obama days <laughs> because every presidential election uh since every uh, it's it's gotten more and more upheavals upheavals mm-hmm. uh mm-hmm. civil warish yes should we have a great national divorce between blue states and red states texas just always on the verge of like we're out we're done you're going to 49 states now because we're walking. I mean, California also, on the complete opposite spectrum, wants to do the same thing. <laughs> Let's just secede. We'll be our own place. We'll be happy. You won't be happy. Uh, it's it's a difficult, difficult world we live in right now, especially when we are, are talking politically. We're talking about... Uh, governing authorities, and COVID has really brought about this unprecedented, and we kind of talked about this last week, but this unprecedented level of overreach, something that we never would have put up with under any other circumstance is now so commonplace, and always with the excuse of, if you don't agree with us, you're killing grandma yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, And so we're almost forced into submission with this, whether that be governors who have taken indefinite emergency power, even though their state constitutions and senates and all this say you can't do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, or currently Joe Biden decreeing that every company with over uh, 100 uh, employees absolutely has to get a vaccine. Uh, every employee has to get a vaccine, which it it, it doesn't, it, it's not really... Like they say it's legal, but it's not really acceptable and never would have been under any other situation. Yeah. Uh, I think we're in a situation where it's legal only because we don't have the votes to fight it in Congress. <laughs> because it's it's unheard of. It is unheard of to the point where we're like, Joe Biden came out and said he wanted 97 to 98% of America vaccinated. When has ninety eight or ninety seven percent of Americans agreed to do anything? Right, not a once, not a once. Mm-hmm. But we're, we are in this situation, and it's easiest to talk about COVID. And I don't want to make this all about COVID, but it, it's just it is the most recent issue where <sighs> we're we're being fed information, we're being told not to question that information, and When we do start to question that information or other sources of information start to come out, they are quickly squashed in order to continue the main narrative. Mm -hmm. Um, Joe Biden's uh, approval rating is the lowest it's ever been. It's very low for a president at at this length of service. And uh, the the White House press secretary was asked about this, and she blamed it on the 20% of America that's not vaccinated yet. How how that that doesn't answer the question. Right. <laughs> but that's the answer that we're given and that's the official answer. Mm-hmm. And it's these I understand that we're in a situation with politics where nobody can admit that they're wrong. And I, that's on both sides. Um one of the most recent Joe Biden interviews about immigration was or at the border rather. Uh he was asked, you know, you know what are we going to do to quell the, you know the the overflow that's happening at the border? just thousands and thousands and thousands of people It doesn't seem to be stopping and his response was well, it's getting better now we're handling it now, but the truth was at the time of the interview it was still getting worse and worse and mm-hmm. still worse today. It has just continued to get worse and worse, but that's always the answer. The answer is always either a straight up lie <laughs> or a reframing quote unquote a spin right. Or it's not an answer at all, but it's brought into uh, bringing a whole other aspect into it to try and change the answer to the question or change the, the focus of the argument. Mm-hmm. No one can just say, Yeah, you know what? We're not doing so great on that. <laughs> <laughs> we're trying, but we're, you got to give us some time. Nobody can say that mm-hmm. because that's a weakness. And I think that's what really gets to the issue that I have with uh, is it okay to question authority? I think it's almost impossible not to question authority when we're never given a straight answer.
1: Yeah. (laughs) 100%. I'm, I, I, we live in a very weird time, a very strange time where we have so much information at our fingertips, but not enough information. You know, we have a whole bunch of half-truths yeah, and not the real story. And for the majority of people, they are taking those half-truths as full-truths, yeah. as, you know, what they're going to stand solid on. And the next big issue comes into play where instead of seeing your fellow man as someone... um, Whose opinion is also valid, whose opinion is also valuable, whether it's in agreement with yours or not, you see them as idiots. You know, you completely devalue other human life by saying their opinion is void. Right. You know, and instead of just being able to say, you know, I don't really agree. We've lost that. That I don't know.
2: There's no, yeah, we've lost the ability to agree to disagree. Yes, it's either agree with me or you're done. Uh huh. <laughs> you with your job, with your social media accounts. Mm-hmm. We will dox you. We will harass mm-hmm. you in restaurants. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think truthfully, I think that that's why so many people choose not to question authority. Out out of of fear, well, out of fear for yeah, the repercussion. What's going to happen? Am I going to go missing? Like (laughs) for real?
2: Am I going to get Clintoned?
1: Yeah, (laughs) that's
2: rude. I shouldn't have said
1: that. I mean, (laughs) at this point, you know, and there's all these conspiracy theories, all these things that are that we've heard about that those who are in power are doing. Mm -hmm. You know, it does. Put a little bit of fear or honestly a massive amount of fear in many of our lives to where we're like, OK, I just need to sit back and shut up and deal. As long as I'm not like being forced to do something terribly wrong, terribly awful, then I'll just agree. I'll just comply, you know?
2: Yeah. And see, I think that comes down to this. This discussion is like, I, I really don't know where that line is. It might be a lot further. than I thought based on the scripture that's provided here, because it really does say as long as we can do so without denying Christ or compromising our faith, we should strive to cooperate with the ruling powers. So if a vaccine mandate comes out, is it denying Christ or compromising my faith to abide by the vaccine mandate? No. No. Is it politically Okay, absolutely not, but is that something that me as a Christian I should get up in arms about? That's a harder question to answer. Uh as much as I definitely have an answer in my mind that I want to be true, you know, part of this is always about us growing. <laughs> and, absolutely. And I I do think that Christians do tend to get too quick to jump on uh Political stuff in the name of their faith that doesn't really have all that much to do with their faith. Sure. Um, sure. We do tend to get comfortable in our conservative circles uh, or you know, liberal circles as well. All circles <laughs> tend to get comfortable to the point where that is threatened. It becomes, uh, it feels more and more personal. But uh we were talking we were talking about this in our, in our Bible study last night as Christians do tend to jump on the I'm being persecuted bandwagon way too quickly. and yeah the the, the the first thing that got brought up was the Starbucks incident from 2015 where they brought out their Christmas cups and oh, they were yes. just solid red.
1: yes, and with didn't the Starbucks say logo Smith yeah anywhere.
2: with the Starbucks logo being the green, and that was the Christmas setup. And we had that one guy uh Josh Furstein, I think was his name posted that video about how it was a war on Christmas and how we needed to walk into every Starbucks and say their name our name is merry christmas so they'll have to write it on the cup and my mind immediately went to we're really we're really going to just harass all these people that are behind the counter that had nothing to do with this decision that just want to make their 450 an hour and go home
1: right yeah <laughs>
2: You don't get they'll write whatever you want on that cup, don't harass them. <laughs> yeah, and I know not really a lot of people jumped on that. The, the news kind of blew that a bit out of proportion, but I'm um, sure a lot of people actually did because that is a thing that Christians do tend to do. Yeah, uh, do tend to get up in arms over silly, silly things. It's not like any of the Starbucks cups have ever been anything to do with Christ. <laughs> other than the word Christmas on a cup occasionally. It's usually happy holidays anyway. But like, it's not like they're celebrating Jesus on those cups. There's no nativity scenes they've ever drawn on them. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it's we, we tend to jump on the silly stuff really quickly. But lately, because of the last two years of volatility, things that we might have seen seen as sort of silly in the past all just kind of feel like they're building on each other into this huge stack of, I'm being overwhelmed by everything that is making me uncomfortable and nobody's doing anything about it. And so I think we're getting into the point where we feel justified in pushing back against the government every time they take another step forward, because we think the totality of it is what justifies our behavior. So even if not everything that's happening specifically as a threat to our faith, we are starting to lump it all together as us versus them mentality. Mm -hmm. And thus, of course I have to take the step forward because there are some things that are very faith based happening right now, like the Texas abortion ban. Uh, I think that's a giant step forward that we have gotten to the point where uh, an entire state is now saying, you know what, if you, if you can hear the heartbeat, you're going to have to carry it to term. Yeah. Uh, except for in extreme circumstances. hmm And I think that's fantastic. I think that is is life-saving, a life-saving decision for sure. Mm-hmm. But as Christians, we always want to see the world through the eyes of the people that don't believe the way that we do to try and see how we can minister to them. And... That's difficult for us to do. <laughs> um, and so, when people push back against that ban, instead of trying to be empathetic and sympathetic and come at it, come at delivering them a good message from their own perspective and taking that into account, it's picket signs versus picket signs. Yeah. And that doesn't ever do anything. Yeah. Doesn't, that, that's 99.9% of the time doesn't change anybody's mind or even plant any seeds. Mhm. Yeah. Protesting. And,
1: <laughs> quite honestly, that goes against living at peace. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I mean, let let's call it what it is. You cannot as a Christian scream and yell about the world doing things that go against God's word while you are screaming and yelling going against God's word.
2: Mhm. Yeah. I mean, it, it, I don't remember the verse, but uh, the verse address, but the verse was, you know, as far as it depends on you, live peaceably with anybody, mm-hmm. with everybody. Yeah. Like that's everybody. That's not just other Christians. And that's, you know, it's you, you have to be an agent of peace. Yeah. As far as it depends on you, that mm-hmm. is placing the requirement strictly at your feet. Live peaceably with everybody, everybody that disagrees with you. And everybody else.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, so I'm actually, it's funny because our our friend Hector, Hector Mirai. Hector Mirai. Uh, from Faith and Fandom 180.
2: And the pull list.
1: Uh-huh. He <laughs> just today posted... That verse, Romans Romans 12:18. That's what it
2: was.
1: If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. And then he goes on to say, if it is possible, not if it's convenient, not if it's easy, not if it's your perspective, not if you agree with it, not if it benefits you, not if you're not annoyed, not if they haven't hurt your feelings, not if you haven't tried before, not if you aren't tired, not if they aren't your political party, not if they aren't your skin color, not if they are your faith. But if it is possible, if you have the option to choose peace and you don't, you are the
2: problem. Beautiful. Isn't that? That could not have been a better addition to this discussion. Yeah. That's yeah. fantastic. That is fantastic. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, we're 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 in a rough situation. Now this doesn't take away our responsibility, of course, to vote with our faith. And again, That's also harder and harder these days. Uh, I really feel like too many people jumped on the Trump bandwagon way too easily when we're talking about the man of faith. Because they weren't coming at the argument of, all right, he's the lesser of two evils. They were coming at it like, this is a great man of God.
1: Yeah.
2: I feel like up until... That's that political cycle nobody ever would have said that about Donald Trump.
1: <laughs> That's fair. You know, and I very, fair. I
2: remember on the podcast even the the Backer Baptist Podcast long before we even did the morning show, we had a whole episode about that. It's like, are we doing the right thing here? Yeah. <laughs> With Trump. Cuz I mean, you know, in Trump Trump was a, a little bit better about it, but he played the political spin game too. You know, they would ask ask him a question and he'd be like, well, you know what? I'll tell you what we're going to do. All right. I'm going to tell you and just listen. And it would be a a four minute answer to a, you know, 10 second answer question. Uh, And so it's (laughs) it's our responsibility, I guess, at this point to on the one hand, not deify people who are not worth deification Mm
0: -hmm. which is
2: every politician (laughs) but at the same time not to uh malign every politician that we disagree with to the point where we are no longer uh obeying the commands in scripture to submit to the governing authorities as long as we're not denying christ or compromising our faith and that is going to mean sometimes that our rights get taken away as americans and Believe it or not, that's okay, because one of the things we do when we become Christians is we give our rights away anyway. We hand them all over to God for him to do with what he sees fit. We are supposed to be following his plan, and the way that we do that mainly is by following his word. And so we are called almost to be uncomfortable. We are called to live in a world that we don't like, because this is not our home. And we are called to be in this world and not of it, meaning that we should try and coexist with other people in hopes that we can talk to them one day about coming to Christ themselves. We are closing a whole lot of doors by trying to fight politically in this country. We're closing a whole lot of doors where we're we're burning or salting a whole lot of uh, fertile soil. Mm. Let's put it that way. We're dumping a whole mess of salt on a lot of fertile soil, because we're choosing our political agendas over God's agenda.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, just I'm be-
2: I'm guilty of that 100. Absolutely, please don't don't ever hear this as us saying we're or we're we're trying to just talk down at all y'all. 100% guilty over here. <laughs>
1: well, that is why we use the term we.
2: Yeah. For and we sure.
1: are definitely including ourselves in that we. Yeah. Um, you will never hear us say you, you, you. <laughs> <Get> <laughs> Unless your we're acts talking together, to each people. Other. <laughs> <laughs> um, but just before you said we're going to be uncomfortable, uh, you said something about uncom- being yes, uncomfortable.
2: We're called to be uncomfortable in this world.
1: I was actually thinking that exact same thing. Yeah. You know, the Bible never once tells us that we're going to be comfortable, that we're going to live a comfortable life. That's nowhere in scripture at all. Um, In fact, I think it's quite the opposite in most cases. Um, But what we are told and called and charged to do is to go and make disciples, to spread the gospel. And there is no way. That we can do that when we're holding up picket signs and screaming in people's faces. None at all.
2: One of the, the key factors that I have learned in this life, and I say this a lot actually, is if you feel comfortable spitting out a Bible verse with bile on your tongue, yelling it at somebody, you're in the wrong. Yeah. (laughs) Doesn't matter what you are believing or fighting for in that moment, you're in the wrong and you should take a step back and you should repent and you should apologize. Yeah. Because that is not the way God's word should ever be shared. (sighs) So... There we go. (laughs) There you have it. (laughs) This week is all about questioning the reality around us and whether or not that is okay. Tomorrow, we're going to talk about questioning the culture we live in and also talk about the best ways to reach them.
1: Stick around. We'll be right back to close out the show.
2: back to the back row morning show as things are winding down for the day
1: and we wanted to know do you feel safe questioning the government
2: all right so we posed this question on twitter okay with the four answers possible yes no i did before 2020 and why would we okay <laughs> what do you think number one was
1: i did before 2020 no what
2: uh yes was the prevailing answer 56 said they do feel safe questioning the government.
1: They're bold. Um, no, they all were like, the government is watching this. <laughs> so I'm Absolutely. going with I the safe, safe answer. Yep. <laughs> I feel We live safe. in a perfect
2: country. <laughs> <laughs> I did before 2020 came in second place, 22.7%. And no, and why would we? Uh, tied. Those are like the polar opposites. Uh huh. No, I do not feel safe. And why would we ever question the government at <laughs> 10.7% each?
1: <laughs> oh, now see, I read that as why would we feel safe questioning the government, not why would we question the uh,
2: government?
1: See, so, so, uh huh.
2: Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe, maybe. Mm -hmm. Maybe that's a failure on my writing. (laughs) We'll see. Either way, those are still the least amount of answered questions Mm -hmm. or least answered, Mm -hmm. chosen. Either way. Least answer chosen. That's what I'm trying to say. Sure. (laughs) Move along. (laughs) Mo, let's end with our verse for the day.
1: Our verse for the day is Psalm 2410. Who is this King of glory? The Lord of hosts. He is the King of glory. Selah.
2: And uh, be sure to check out all of what we do online at lovethynerd.com. We've got amazing articles on all things nerdy, as well as this show, LTN Radio, and our other podcasts and videos. And if you'd like to directly support our mission to become a financial partner with Love Thy Nerd, and specifically with LTN Radio, then please visit lovethynerd.com slash partner, and you can choose LTN Radio from the drop-down menu. Love Thy Nerd is a qualifying 501c3 nonprofit organization, and your gift is tax-deductible.
1: Remember that we air first exclusively on LTN Radio, ltnonair.com, every Monday through Thursday at 8 a.m. Eastern with an encore at 10 a.m. But if you miss a day or just can't catch the show live, find the Back Row Morning Show podcast version on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, etc. Subscribe, rate five stars and leave a review. Do it and we'll love you forever.
2: We'll be back tomorrow morning. We hope you will too. Once again, I'm Radio Matt. And I'm Mo. And remember, if nobody else tells you, we promise it's true. Jesus, Jesus loves, loves you, nerd. Man.